Hey there, welcome to Systematize Your Thoughts, the podcast. I'm your host, Stina Marie. I equip busy, high-powered women to improve their lives and their bottom lines. If you're here because you want to get rid of anxiety, raise your standards, and say hello to guilt-free pleasure, you're in the right place. And if you haven't already grabbed the Systematize Your Thoughts flowchart, it's 100% free, and you can find it at systematizeyourthoughts.com. With that flowchart in hand, you'll be able to shift your mind in minutes and get out of those crazy-making, anxious thought loops so that you can take the drama and pressure out of life and relationships. Let's get this show on the road. Hey, how's it going? I hope well. I am up and outside and my kids slept until 8.30 today, so it's going to be a good day. Blackout curtains for the win. Highly recommended, especially if you live in an area that's super sunny late and early in the summer. So today I wanted to talk about something that I've seen coming up a lot in conversations that I follow from anti-racism educators, activists, and I would say just the conscious coaching community. And I say conscious coaching, meaning people that are engaged in anti-racism work, that are engaged in work that is moving us towards more equitable systems, dismantling systemic oppression, systemic racism. And that is, I don't want to say in opposition to, but in contrast to sort of spiritual bypassing, which spiritual bypassing is this weird way of sort of blaming a victim, overlooking oppression, taking away like the justification or reason that something is happening and making it feel invalid. So in my experience, what spiritual bypassing does is it makes it really challenging to do real inner work because it takes pain, it takes suffering, it takes negativity, and it says, well, it's only painful or it's only suffering or it's only negative because you created it, right? So it's kind of the blind manifesting, if you will, where we just think, well, if it's there, it's because my thought created it. So it's really important for us to take a step back. And I'm going to use a couple of different example, like personal examples for you in things that can be coaching, self-coaching errors or just coaching errors in general. And I think it's really important to talk about this because if you are using self-coaching as a weapon against yourself to bypass your own pain, suffering, or negative circumstances, then you're going to end up, A, feeling super shitty, and B, not actually changing 
the things that you want to change in your life. So for instance, I have seen how self-coaching myself created a lot of ways that I justified either staying in relationship with or dating certain people. So what would happen is, let's just say I'm not getting text message replies as quickly as I would like or as often as I would like or I'm sending these really heartfelt text messages and what I'm getting in return is okay or one line. Now, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with someone not wanting to engage via text. I have friends that just aren't big texters. You know, they're short, quick texting type people. And that's that's just the way they are. And that's the way that we communicate and it works. When it comes to an intimate relationship and a relationship I'm going to be primarily committed to, I would like someone who wants to engage with me more when we're apart. Inside of reasonable bounds, obviously, because people have work to go do. They have families to take care of. They have other responsibilities. I don't want to be the primary responsibility. I do want to feel that this person desires me and desires to give me attention. Otherwise, there's no point in being in a relationship with them, in my opinion. So this is about I desire something and I'm not getting it from this person. This relationship isn't meeting that standard. It can also be things that I appreciate in a partner, like I appreciate someone who can cook without me giving them instruction. I appreciate someone who will make decisions that are in alignment with decisions that I would make in general, right? Like there's a certain agreeance that I want with this person and there's a certain amount of attention that I want and not even amount, but more like the quality, the quality, the texture, the flavor of that relationship. I want it to be a certain way. And that's what dating is for, is to find relationships that are more your flavor, that are more your style. There's not really like these are right things to do. Like it's right to reply to text messages right away or it's wrong to reply to text messages right away. It's like what works for you and what's sustainable for you. And I give my partner full credit for that one. What is sustainable for you in the relationship and you show up as that version of yourself. You show up giving that level of attention. You show up giving the kind of attention and the quality of attention that you want with that person. Now for some people in a relationship, it's like, I love to hike and I need someone who loves to hike too because that's primarily what I'm gonna wanna spend my time doing. So in that simple example, if you get into a relationship with someone and they refuse to hike and you spend 40 hours a week hiking and that's all you do in your off time or mostly all that you do, it's going to be super challenging to spend time with that person. And let's say that you're like, but I love this person so much and so 
it's just going to have to be okay that they don't like hiking. This is where choice is so important because you can choose to be in a relationship with that person. The choice that you're making is also to accept the reality that this person will not be hiking with you. So if you stay in the relationship, it's not really fair to that person for you to consistently like invite, nag, beg uh, them to go and then resent them when they don't, feel frustrated, not enjoy the hike because they're not with you, uh, wish that you had a partner that did those things. That's where you choose to be in the relationship, then you coach yourself to remain in that relationship. And you decide this relationship is what I want. And I'm going to release this desire. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that. That's a very generalized example. Um, But it's also not, it's not a wrong decision to stay in that relationship. Now, if you decide that is what I really want, but I'm going to stay in the relationship anyways, you are going to have all of those negative thoughts and feelings and thought loops about it. And you are going to be basically punishing yourself for being in that relationship. Okay, so let's say that that person or you decide to leave that relationship and find someone who enjoys hiking, right? So you look at the relationship, you say, this isn't meeting the requirements of what I want a primary relationship to be. I'm going to go find another relationship or just be single. I'm go- I don't want to be in this relationship. It isn't what I want. There is nothing wrong with that. You can love that person and leave them. You can enjoy that person and choose to move on. What I see happen is people get into a relationship and this could be very early on in a dating relationship or it could be very late on in a marriage or a long-term relationship. And what they do is sort of justify the relationship in ways that are bypassing themselves and that are negating their desires and what they actually want. So you can keep yourself in a relationship that feels really frustrating and toxic because you have very clear desires for what your primary relationship will be and you are not able to create that with the other person. They are not in cooperation with the same vision for that relationship. It ends up not being fair to either of you. So using coaching, using self-coaching, using thought work as a way to keep yourself in a place where you are clearly being compromised or even emotionally abused or neglected is not the best use of coaching. So 
we don't have to use coaching to make pain or suffering or negative circumstances just feel better so that we can stay in them. That's not what this is about. In my book, coaching is to recognize reality as objectively as possible and build our thoughts, our decisions from there. So not building it from our emotional reality, but building it from reality, reality. And you'll see that in Systematize Your Thoughts where we're like, what is actually true here? So what is actually true here? Well, systemic racism is actually true here. That's happening. The effect of it is undeniable. When you're in a relationship choosing to leave a relationship, choosing to end a relationship, choosing divorce, the circumstances are, I, I don't want to be in this relationship. Or that's not the circumstance, but like the relationship as it is, you know, is not a relationship you want to be in. So we don't have to use coaching to talk ourselves into being in a relationship because it's not wrong to leave the relationship. It's not right to stay in the relationship. We don't have to use thought work to feel better about people being murdered because of their skin color. That is not something that we have to use coaching to feel better about. Where we use coaching is looking at, like, if you are emotionally consumed by something and it is preventing you from taking action, that emotional consumption is keeping you stuck in a place where you cannot think clearly, you cannot process your own emotions, you cannot look forward and say, where are we going? What is the outcome we want? What is the result? So you want your thoughts to line up with your priorities. You only have so much energy as a human to put into your life. So if you are spinning in those thought loops, a thought loop might be like, racism is never going to end. Right? So the racism part is a circumstance. That's reality. That's true. The thought, this is never going to end, doesn't lead to any good for anyone. Just the same as someone who is in an abusive relationship thinking, this is just the way I'm going to be treated for the rest of my life. I better get used to it is not helpful for them. The abuse is still real. We're not going to disprove or discredit real experiences and the truth of those experiences with coaching. This even comes down to a more micro level, right? Where we are not practiced at making our decisions in alignment with our priorities. We are not practiced at how to 
self-coach, which is truly parenting ourselves. We are not practiced at that. We haven't been equipped. We haven't been given those tools. And so it can be really challenging when you're just operating from a place of of your mind. So in a sort of ironic way, doing thought work is about fully feeling your experiences, fully feeling your emotions, being able to have the emotional intelligence to move through and process your emotions so that you can make decisions from a place of truth, clarity, and focus on the priority. So truth, clarity, and a focus on the priority. That is the goal of coaching. To come in with a skilled attention. And I've said this before, and you'll hear me say it again. It's coming in with skilled attention and creating a container where you can make very clear decisions. So that skilled attention is knowing what questions to ask, how to unpack things. It's not, I am not as a coach infallible. I'm coming in as a human being with the most focused and high quality attention that I can possibly give someone, which we are all so starved for, to have someone show up fully just to support us, just to listen, just to fully hear and see us. It is a gift. I feel that gift from my own mentor. When I get that attention, it's deeply affirming. It's not approval. It's not just someone listening to me vent. It's that skilled attention that feels very sagely. So in that place, having that skilled attention, being a container of decision clarity, No bullshit exists. (laughs) It doesn't fly there. So that is the power of coaching is to bring skilled attention to create a container for decision clarity. And I do that through systematize your thoughts, which you can use that flowchart yourself. I also do that through systematize your life, which is the, the full process of figuring out your priorities, really tapping into what you want to create in your life, what you want to change. Because too often we just know what we don't want. It's a good place to start. However, true clarity comes when you know those priorities that you are working towards, that you are creating that you are living and breathing every day. So I hope that this is helpful. I feel like I've said so 
a lot of times <laughs> at the end here. All good. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Come follow me on Instagram at the Stina Marie at the Stina Marie. There we go. And shoot me a DM or come comment on a post and let me know what you think. Where have you seen this show up? Where have you seen coaching weaponized or where have you weaponized it against yourself instead of using it in a way that's really productive and helpful? I would love to see you make that shift and I would love to support you in that. All right. I am sending you sunshine vibes from Michigan while they last. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Are you ready to take this work to the next level? Yeah, it's time to escape anxiety and 10x pleasure in your life guilt-free. If I've learned anything, it's that overachieving isn't worth the overwhelm and perfectionism is not worth the pressure. True success is simple and stress-free. I believe this is absolutely true for you as well. I want to invite you to book in a free breakthrough call with me where we'll look at what's working for you, what's not working for you, and find out if there's a way that I can support you to win at life in a way that feels really good. So book in that call, we'll have a chat, figure out if we're a great fit to work together, and I can't wait to connect with you soon.